All right, welcome to our success training podcast. We're really excited to have you here. Um, I welcome Senior Master Laura Sanborn. I'm Dr. Greg Moody and uh, Chief Master Instructor. And we're going to be working today on a really exciting thing. I'm going to put our closed captioning here on so that you can uh, get to see us a little bit more clearly in case we talk too fast or in case any of the audio isn't as clear. So we're going to talk today about listening and parent skills, getting kids to listen the first time. So this is really exciting to me. Master Samborn, do you want to mention anything that you're excited about uh, in, this, uh, in this topic? Um, I wish I'd had it earlier when my kids were younger, <laughs> because it's certainly a skill that uh, is extremely useful when you're dealing with kids. And I, you know, we deal with kids all the time here in the karate school, but at home, I could have used it every day. Well, what we're talking about is building a solid foundation so that parents are used to skills that you just don't get instruction books as parents. And we talked about this when we taught a seminar this last weekend at our at our school. And, and you know, parents are really grateful for having some guidance for what to do and when to do it and uh, in, in knowing how much we need to push our kids to, to do things and how and to, to learn some discipline, discipline skills and how much we need to kind of let them fail on their own and how much we need to let them make mistakes. So it's not always straightforward how much we do one thing versus another thing, how much we do affirmations and good job versus how much we do need to correct them and how much we need to uh, to, to make sure that behavior is uh, adjusted. So this will help hopefully give some parents some guidance. And the goal would be to get your kids to listen the first time. And here's what I'd say about this skill is it's okay for you to have the expectation and not just okay, but it's in your best interest and your kids' best interests that your kids listen, understand, and follow your directions the first time you ask. Now, it will happen immediately once you follow this podcast today? Maybe, maybe not. Hopefully, in some ways it does, and maybe in some other ways it doesn't always, always happen. But we're going to give you some ideas and some um, rules to follow and some suggestions so that you can get your kids to gradually and maybe, maybe in some ways immediately follow directions and listen the first time. So let's get started with it. Master Samorn, you had some questions that you wanted to, wanted to ask and to to uh, to get uh, to get following, I noticed that our with our uh, our um, closed captioning, it catches most of our our words really well, but it doesn't catch your name. So when I say Master Samborn, you you get spelled a whole bunch of different ways. So that's okay. I guess we'll have to live with that. But you can see Master Samborn spelling on her uh, on her video. Go ahead. Yes, what sir. were some questions? Um, that you had? Starting with methods to use to get it to happen. Part of it is, I know, is just the expectation of it, but not always the same method is going to work with every kid. Do we use um, motivation, threats, um, just wait for the habit to happen? Um, What kind of tools are there for leading towards kids listening the first time? Well, well, let's go to some... um some, some, some mistakes that we see made a lot of times. So some mistakes that we were just, we were just talking about this today uh, uh, that parents make. And what we see sometimes is they'll say something like, I'd like my kid to clean their room. Let me write some of these down, clean their, uh, clean their room. Um, clean room so that they get to go to the park. Or maybe something like um, do a chore and then we all get to get ice cream, go to the ice cream store. So some of these things are, make a lot of sense. Logically, they make sense. And so one of the errors that we have in starting any of these processes is we, we make these kind of logical errors. And the, the problem with this is that for some kids, this works great. For some kids, you say, hey, if you clean your room, we get to go to the park. And they go, yay, that's no problem. I don't mind cleaning my room. I'll go clean my room. I like my room clean anyway, but thanks for the reminder. They clean their room and they love going to the park. And going to the park might be a 10 on their happiness list. And cleaning their room might be a one on their 
you know, pain in the rear list. And so they, they don't mind doing that. For other kids, though, and maybe for you too, and you know, for, for you guys as adults, even for us, it might be for a different person, you might feel like cleaning your room. You may not be the cleanest person in the world, and you might not mind your room being very messy. So for you, cleaning your room or cleaning your basement or cleaning your garage, for some of you guys, I know it's cleaning your garage. Cleaning your garage might be a 10 in terms of pain in the rear. You may have, maybe for some of you, you haven't cleaned your garage in ever. And going to the park, for some of you, might be like a one in terms of value. So for you guys, if you think about that kind of balance, you may ask your kid, number one, whether they want to do that and you know clean your room and then we'll get to go to the park and they go no i would never want to clean my room i hate that idea and there's there's a value issue so one problem we have with this kind of logic is there's a value problem you know you're you're changing the value but the other thing is there so there's three big errors here one error is value you ask them to do a chore so they get to do something they want to do now they may want to go to the park this might be a 10 but they may there's another error here. The other error that we see is that there may be a control issue. They may just hate the idea that they're being told what to do. And, and that's, a, that's a, a, a little bit of a different issue and a little more complex. Your child, normally, we want to develop kids that are independent. We want to develop kids that can kind of think on their own. But the consequence of that is that the kid also wants to have some control of what they do. That sounds great in one regard. It sounds terrible if you're trying to get them to clean the room, do the chores, do stuff. So to try to reward them with park, to try to reward them with something else, it, it doesn't make sense. So there might be a control issue. There could be a control problem with one of these things that it just doesn't seem to be... Um, it, it, it's a problem. And we can talk more about that a little later. The third thing is, is these are really two disconnected things. Now, here's the, here's the other one that I really like to talk about. And it, the ice cream example is a really good one. You know, maybe you've got two kids. Think about it this way. You've got chore, chore, and you've got ice cream. And then you've got kid number one and kid number two. And then maybe you've got you. Maybe you want to go to the ice cream store. You know, maybe you'd like to get some ice cream or maybe you'd like to go to the park or maybe you'd like to do the thing. And we connect doing the chore to the payoff. But now you've got a family and the whole family has to suffer with this. And it causes family problems that if one kid or one person doesn't do something that the benefit that the whole family wants to get gets gets wrapped into this benefit or this payoff. And so we're trying to connect chores or activities to rewards in a weird and inconsistent way. So what's the way that you, and let me, let me talk a little more about that before I finish up with that. So, you know, if you want to go to the ice cream store, you should make sure that the whole family gets to go to the ice cream store. It needs to be disconnected from the chores. And sometimes we'll have parents say to us, yeah, but they didn't do their stuff. So we don't want them to get benefits. Well, they're really two separate things. You've got to disconnect different th things that are not related. So if they're not related, cleaning the room is a different thing than going to the park. There's benefits of going to the park. They get exercise, they get outside, they get vitamin D, they get whatever else from going to the park. You get exercise, you get vitamin D, you get to develop your relationship with your kid in a way that's outside of the house. There's benefits of going to the park. So to connect that to cleaning the room or connect that to a chore or, you know, ice cream. You like it, if you eat too much ice cream, it's probably a bad thing, but having ice cream and having an outing for ice cream is a benefit. Um, we see this in, uh, some parents will say, well, they didn't do X, Y, Z. So they, we didn't, we didn't want to reward them with coming to karate, but karate, for example, has all kinds of benefits that we talk about. So why would you connect that to doing something? So number one error is connecting reward and benefit when there's when when they shouldn't be connected so how do we do that first of all so if you've got things that they want to do when they're not listening they're not listening to stuff like maybe clean the room chores 
and so on and so forth. Other things that you want them to do, brush their teeth. And Master Samborn, you said something really important. Every kid is different. I think your son, he was pretty good at making sure he cleaned his room, right? And your daughter wasn't. Right. So, so there now it comes back to those two things, value and control. We have to figure out, is there a value issue or a control issue? Is If it's value, then what reward do I have? And the reward shouldn't be the benefit thing that you want them to have. I mean, that would almost be like saying, if you don't clean your room, you don't get to go to school the next day. Well, you know, there's a lot of benefits for school. You know, maybe they like school even. Maybe they don't like school. Maybe they like school. If you don't clean your room, you don't get to go to school the next day. Every parent would go, well, that's crazy. So don't connect things together. What would be a benefit of cleaning their room? Maybe there's zero benefit for them. They could care less about cleaning their room. So what would be a benefit? Let me ask you, Master Samuel, what would be the benefit to your daughter cleaning her room? Um, for us, part of it was just checking up to make sure it was a healthily clean, clean enough to be healthy because she was a candy hoarder. She would like to get candy out of the other room and eat it in her room. So we'd find candy wrappers. And if we right. didn't clean the room. So bugs. I'm going to interrupt you. There's zero benefit to Lucy. Lucy's your daughter's name to clean the room. From her right. point of view, there's zero benefit to right. cleaning the room. So what would the benefit be? That she didn't have a consequence. There would need to be a consequence to cleaning the room. So value is either going to be one of two things. It's either going to be benefit, which is a lot, a lot of parents want to build everything around benefits, um, but it there sometimes benefits don't work. You can't think of any benefit. Now your son, there'd be benefits because he likes his room being clean, or right. maybe, maybe he doesn't even like his room being clean, but you know, you, he liked knowing where his stuff was and where and okay. how to find and, it. And you might be able to point that out to him for some of your kids, for some of the people on the call, for some of the parents. If you just pay attention to your kid's room and go, hey, man, your kids, your room's messy. Wouldn't you like to be able to see where your stuff is? They'll go, yeah. And that would be a benefit for them. But if not, there has to be a consequence. So the value is that I don't have a consequence. That's called that's so this is positive reinforcement. This is negative reinforcement. Negative reinforcement's not a bad thing. Uh, punishment's different from negative reinforcement. Punishment's if they're doing something wrong and we take action afterwards or a consequence. But, but consequence would be if the room isn't clean, then there's some other consequence they have to have. Um, you know, what's your consequence if you don't clean your room or you don't clean your house? You have to pay a housekeeper. Or if you don't clean your room and you left food all over, the, there could be bugs and rats and well, not rats probably in Arizona too much, but there could be maybe rats in Arizona, but there could be bugs and disease and stuff. So we, we do this stuff because there's consequence. Some, a lot of us don't like to do all that stuff. You know, a lot of us don't like to do certain things, but we do it because we understand the consequence. Kids won't understand consequences. So we have to impose consequences. The only way is either benefit benefit or consequence. So the consequence has to be something. Now the consequence could be that you, 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 you yell at them. I mean, that could be one consequence in the old days, kids that have other consequences, but the consequence could, it doesn't mean yell at them, like being mean, but it might be reminding them. It might be, Hey, you got to clean your room. It doesn't have to be a mean consequence, but it could be some consequence so that the value of not doing it is going to be um, the value of doing it's going to be offset by the consequence. If I don't do it, then I'm going to have a consequence of, some, or maybe some other chore. Or mom's going to go in there and do it with me, and she's going to make sure that she monitors me and does the cleaning the room, the chores, the brush your teeth, whatever it is. Okay. It's is it better to have benefits? Yeah, it's better if you can work it out with benefits. Um, but for some kids, some kids, we recommend job charts. We provide those in karate. We provide a, uh, what's called a personal victory system. So they get stars and rewards and different things. They can put them in their belt uh, and they get an accelerated schedule of rewards. We want you to use as many benefits as possible. We want these 
we want these to be as, as explicit and as many of these as possible. But there will be, almost for every kid, some things that benefits just won't work, that rewards and benefits just won't work. And so there should be some consequence. And believe me, hey, look, it's the way it is for adults. I mean, I like to drive a little bit over the speed limit sometimes, but I don't because there's a consequence. If I drove over, you know, 10 miles an hour over the speed limit or 15 miles an hour over the speed limit, I get a speeding ticket. So there's a consequence of that. So I behave. Um, we've all got certain consequences so that we follow the directions and listen. So will this make your kids listen the first time? Not immediately, but over time they will. Now, the other one that we want to consider, let me clear the whole screen here because it's a little more complicated, is control. Sometimes, uh, Master Samuel, before I go on to that, did you have any questions about that or anything else to add? Uh, no, sir. On that, I was... The consequences and benefits, I pretty much got that understood now. The, the unrelated to related things made a big difference in how I thought about getting them from point A to point B on getting stuff done. Well, let me say something more about the unrelated things uh, before we go on to we'll clear this out. So if you relate, let's say, um, you know, brushing their teeth. Well, you wouldn't really like that to go into the, get ice cream, probably. But sometimes people do, yeah. you know, brushing their teeth means that they get to stay up later for TV, you know, something like that. Or they get to play video games or if they clean the room, they get to play video games or something like that. What happens is there's in real life, there's usually not a comparable consequence. We also want the results. Now, consequences can be positive or negative. If I eat better, my health is better. That's a long-term consequence. If I, you know, exercise, I get stronger. If I exercise, I feel better. If I exercise, I have a consequence, a positive consequence to that. What we want is that, you know, brushing your teeth, they don't feel a consequence right away. I mean, it's that they don't get cavities. They, you know, don't have uh, dental problems. So they're not going to feel the consequence of that right away. So that's why we have to have either benefit or they, there has to be a value there. So there has to be a benefit or consequence based on that, that situation. TV has nothing to do at all with brushing your teeth. So rewarding it, re using it as a reward for brushing your teeth wouldn't have any relationship. What might have a relationship to TV as a reward? Well, maybe, maybe getting to bed on time Getting to bed on time and managing their time might have a relationship to TV. So having things more connected might have a relationship to other types of activities that they would do. What might have a relationship to video games? Well, if they got their homework done and they had time left over for video games. So one way to think about relationships would be they have, if they had from, uh, let's say, 3 p.m. when they got home from school, to 5 p.m. and that was for homework and video games no matter what if they took you know if they they have to do the homework correctly because they're going to get checked once in a while if they maintained an A and they did all their homework they could play as many video games as they wanted as long as it's between those time that time frame for example that would be a way to connect activities and rewards so they would match it's this because it's the same as we operate as adults if i get my work done during the day i don't have to work later just like for you and everybody else if i get um i have more time available on the weekend if i get my other stuff done or i get you know whatever or if i maybe work a little harder if i make a little more money then i can pay for a nicer vacation so there's connected things this is a really good example of it yeah. how you could connect homework and video games uh what are can you think of any other ones or are those about right i'm kind of putting you on the spot for some examples. um no that one's super clear that and how that how the relationship between them is um it just, I understand it completely. Yeah. It's cleaning the room might be, if they clean their room, there might be something related to cleaning their room. What's the consequence of cleaning their room that they, um, I'm trying to think of something that would have a consequence of well, cleaning. 
possibly if you clean your room and have a place for everything, maybe you can get a new toy that will fit in the room. But if the room's not clean, you can't get a new toy because nothing else fits in there. If that makes sense, right? So if it makes sense, if it's just arbitrary and capricious, then it wouldn't matter. But right. yeah, I mean, uh, you want to have a TV in your room. You're Maybe you're 14 or 15 years old. You want to have a TV in your room so you can play video games in your room. I'm not sure that's a great idea. But if let's say that was okay with you as a parent and well, you, there's no space on your wall and we're going to genuinely trip over stuff and break the TV. And so you would need to maintain your wall, your TV. Another one would be pets. That's a common one. Um, they say, oh, well, we're going to feed the dog. I want to get a dog. Well, we're going to feed the dog. But truthfully, the parents end up feeding the dog. Um, you know, th that one's a little hard to test ahead of time. You can't really get a dog for six months and then get rid of it if they don't feed the dog. But the idea would be that there's a responsibility goes along with the benefit uh, to connect those two things, you know, um, that that's a tricky one with the dog. Cause well, that one you know. see a lot where they're like, okay, well you have this responsibility. If you can't handle this responsibility, then you can't get a dog because you can't do this. You can't clean your room for a month. Yeah. And but those are disconnected though. I don't, I don't right. know. If, now see, that's a good example of one that would probably be administered wrong because cleaning mm -hmm. your room probably doesn't predict that you'll be able to, that you actually would clean the poop from the yard when the dog right. comes in. Right. So that's where I think we make a big mistake as parents. Uh, you know, now if the, if your child is really good at cleaning the room, managing stuff, managing certain discipline things, maybe you could trust that you could get a dog. I would probably expect that that may or may not actually work that the, the child would clean their or clean up after the dog. Um, but if that's a, if that's an, a chore that would be assigned to the child, the, the next thing we'll talk about, and we need to make a note here to talk about is how to create new behaviors in terms of consistency. So anyway, but this would be how to connect. We're going to talk about control and then we'll talk about consistency next, but this would be a way to connect these activities together. This would be, this is my best example with homework and video games. Time's a good way to connect it. I have time to do my reward activity because I did the chore activity and those two things fit in the same space on a regular basis. So anyway, um, let's go, let's go to something, something next. The next one would be control. And it doesn't matter how old the child is. They could be three years old. Um, I don't, under three years old, uh, if you look at Piaget and developmental psychology, there's a little bit of different developmental uh, uh, development going on at that age. So I wouldn't say this applies under generally three years old. Every kid's a little different at every age, but above three years old is when they may not be choosing to do something and it may be a control thing. It may not be about value. It may not be because I don't really, I don't really care about cleaning my room. I don't really care about doing the homework. I don't care about doing my uh, brushing my teeth or anything. It's that there's a, a function of, I don't want to do it because you told me I don't want to do it. So there's a control issue. And for anybody listening to this, if you've ever, uh, I'm sure everybody here is, that's listening to this is, is worked and dealt with people at work and you've asked people to do stuff and they've argued just for no reason. These are control issues, right? People don't like to have be told what to do or there's, um, there's issues with control and it, it starts at a young age. And as we said earlier, we do want kids to learn to be independent, but we also want them to have um, the reality in their head that they have to they have to participate as as kids in your household not as the boss of the household so you guys are the boss of the household that has to be established pretty early of about what's going on so so how do we do that if it's a control issue first thing you got to do is figure out whether it is a control issue or not um, are they not behaving because what you're asking them to do is so painful or to them or there's some issue why they really really don't want to do it for some reason that is, it needs to be investigated. You know, if they don't want to clean the room because for some reason that's just, you know, they feel like it's difficult 
forum. They feel like there's a problem with it. They're scared of something. There's a lot of reasons why you ask kids to do something that they may uh, think is hard. They're afraid of. They're scared to do it. They don't want to do it because they're used to quitting. That's a common that's a common refrain for kids. So let's say those things are not true, and uh, you just have, are having a lot of trouble with control. So how do we how do we manage that? Uh, one way we manage that is by um, monitoring or doing it with them. So monitoring or um, doing it uh, kind of I would call apprenticing with them. So doing it with them. It doesn't matter if it's two or three years old. So they're three or four or five years old. Doesn't matter what age. They're supposed to brush their teeth. We have to be there and brush brush their teeth. And where we're going to talk about consistency in a minute, but it kind of leads into this. Where let's say you need them to brush your teeth. You need to brush your teeth every day. They're refusing to brush your teeth. They're not wanting to brush your teeth. You want them to do it consistently without your monitoring, without your intervention. Well, it may be that you have to do it with them for two or three or four weeks before they will start doing it without your intervention. Most of the time when we have problems with this, and by the way, this is the same with adult training. Uh, when we're doing business consulting and business training that I do, uh, I'll, hear, I'll hear a common refrain that they'll say, well, yeah, I told them how to do it. I told them what I wanted. I told them to do it. I showed them how to do it. Okay, how many times did you show them? Well, uh, I walked them through it. I showed them how to do it. I showed them how it was written down. This would be for an adult. And okay, how many times did you do that? Well, I did it once. Okay, well then, yeah. Why, why do you think they're still not, not learning it? The general rule for anybody, and this is for adults and kids. So I'm telling you the adult number because we have better data on this because it's more consistent. Adults are more consistent than kids. Kids, it probably is more, is 27 times. So the general rule is 27 times. The rule is you need, and where that comes from is you need nine repetitions for somebody to learn something. Now, some people will tell you it's 10,000 times. There's like an, an old adage, you got to do something 10,000 times, but it's probably not that many, but nine times but they probably only understand one out of three. This is a general guideline. So the guideline I'd give you is if I haven't walked you through it and taught you to do it 27 times, it's my fault, not yours. So Master Sam, when I got a lot of work to do. No, I probably got <laughs> you stuff 27 times. So, so but if I haven't taught you 27 times, then it's me, not you. So control, now, that's not the issue. The issue isn't you haven't taught them to do it or they don't know how to brush their teeth. I get it that that's not what we're talking about here. However, this amount of frequency that we would work with them on tends to dampen the control issue. So in other words, they don't want to, they don't want to clean their room. Okay, well, we're going to do it together. Now, built into that is the value thing, that there's a consequence if they don't. But regardless of whether there's a consequence, they still won't clean their room. That's, that's where we're at right now. The consequences don't seem to work. The benefits don't seem to work. There's no, there's no tied together benefits for doing it. There's, and by benefits, remember, we're talking about the actual benefits for cleaning the room, not that they're going to the park. Not the disconnected benefits, but the benefits for cleaning the room, the actual benefits of the activity. They don't care about that. So there's a consequence because if they don't clean the room, you know, you guys are unhappy. The family's unhappy or the room's a mess or, you know, so there's a, the, the natural consequences of not cleaning the room don't work. So you have to do it with them. So you have to do it with them. And the general rule is 27 times. Now, for most parents on the call, you're thinking that's a lot of times, but most of the time, you, or let me say most of the time, a lot of times you don't have to do it this much, but you have to do it this much as a general rule for control issues. If they 
don't want to do it with you. Okay, we're going to do it together 27 times. Now, here's another rule that you'll get from the one, two, three magic book that we love. I'll, I'll bring in a little bit from our discipline podcast. From one, two, three magic by Thomas Phelan. Thomas Phelan's the author. One, two, three magic's the book. Highly recommended book for everybody on our call. In one, two, three magic, they have a rule that says when you're having an issue like this, somebody's behaving poorly. And by the way, I recommend this for adults too, in terms of using this same rule. It's less talk. I'll write this down here. And less emotion. Maybe a very emotional situation when a child isn't behaving. They're not doing what you want them to do. There's a control issue. So we bring the talk down, emotion down. And all we do is if it's clean in the room, we go clean the room. If they're not brushing your te their teeth, we go in there 27 times, follow that rule and monitor them brushing their teeth. We don't brush their teeth for them. We monitor them brushing their teeth. The only talk is going to be, oh, you got to make sure you get the uppers and the lowers and the back and tell them what to do. And they can be grumpy about it if they want. They can be complaining about it if they want. They can be emotional about it if they want. Doesn't matter. You won't solve control issues by escalating emotion. You'll only solve these issues by having less talking about it. The only thing you're going to talk about is the actual issue. You're not going to say, hey, if you keep getting grumpy, I'm going to do something. No, it doesn't matter. At this point, it's very much like if you read the book, and it's not our topic for today, it's just like as if you got to a three where there's a consequence. We're less talk, less emotion. It's just about you monitoring the activity. So 27 times. If it gets there earlier, great. If it takes a little longer, that's okay too. But that's the general rule. Nine times to get something, it takes about three times for three repetitions of each time to understand it. So nine times three is 27. So there's the rule. Any questions about that, Master Samborn? Did that make some sense? No, that would make sense. The less talk and less emotion. I can see how that would bring things down into a more manageable happening. Yeah. When you're having control issues and when parents are, are dealing with this stuff, one thing that's really important is not to mix the things up here either. So if somebody isn't cleaning in the room and they're not brushing their teeth and they're not cleaning up the dog's poop and they're not feeding the birds and they're not, I don't know why I do a bunch of pet things here, and they're not uh, putting their socks on right. And one thing at a time, manage one thing at a time, preferably just fix that one thing at a time. Because when you fix, when you fix, let's say the brushing the teeth thing, then the control piece will go down in the other areas. If they know they can't control one area, if they know that it's you're going to operate um, consistently, which is what we'll talk about a little bit next. Well, this is all kind of covered in that. But if they know you're going to operate consistently, then they will not be as likely to try to push you in other areas. All of these things I've mentioned again and again are the same way we would manage adults as well in a work environment. So in a work environment, I know that they're not kids, but it's very, very similar to how you, not the same, but very similar to how you'd want to manage an adult. If they're very emotional and the emotion escalates, if you escalate emotion, what's going to happen? They're going to then pile more emotion on and pile more emotion on and pile more and pretty soon you're very upset when it that doesn't isn't very helpful it's not very helpful if you're trying to get the kid to clean their room if everybody starts a big fight the objective was to clean the room and then do it consistently and then eventually get to the point where you're not even having to ask the kid to clean the room it just happens on a whatever regular basis that you need so uh anything else to add there ma'am it actually sounds very similar to relationships where you don't bring in old events to when you're having an argument with somebody. Well, yeah. And I think, I think what happens in relationships, now we're getting a little bit on a tangent, but on the relationships, what happens is the old events don't get solved. 
And so then what happens is the emotion escalates real quickly because there's still emotion out there on the old old ones. So just like this, if somebody didn't clean the room and there was a big fight or somebody was really mad about it, but it didn't get resolved, maybe the room didn't get cleaned. Now the parents going to ask, okay, you know, Sally, would you, you know, would you clean the room finally? Sally, now she's really upset and she really wants control. And now mom is going to be more mad really quickly. And now it escalates really fast and everybody's mad. Okay. And look, even the best behaved kid and the best managed, the best parents get into this from time to time. Um, And what challenges a lot of parents is one kid operates really well. I shouldn't say it like that. One kid operates one way and another of their children operate a different way. And, And so so then we end up with a situation where, well, but, you know, child number one, op- you know, Billy operated this way. Why isn't Sally operating this way? And I'm, now Sally looks, you know, she feels like a jerk in the family. And then, well, you know, why aren't you more like Billy? And it causes all these problems. And really, it's, it's something that we as parents can manage. But, but we're upset, too. Hey, look, it's understandable as parents to be upset and be emotional about it because we're so frustrated because, you know, you're, you're pulling your hair out more than me, you know, I mean, but uh, you know, I don't have any hair left, but, uh, but you're pulling your hair out because you're have you're struggling with how to manage these issues in, in your own family. And you just want to get stuff done and you've got work to do and you've got other things happening. So it's really a challenge, uh, you know, and so this can cause a lot of conflict between, uh, between everybody. And you brought up relationships, I, and it happens, it's in all relationships, parent and kid relationships. So less talking, less emotion when you get to these points where there's control issues. But m- three big things to remember here, three big things that we've talked to up to this point is you've got something, you've got some sort of uh, activity you want them to do. So you've got uh, an outcome you want ideally you've got a benefit so that a benefit of the outcome so let's just summarize where we're at now a benefit of the outcome for itself so if they clean their room there's a reason why the room should be clean for its own purpose not because they get a candy later or go to the park later go to ice cream later go to this those would be separate things don't connect them second piece is there's a consequence of if, if that doesn't work, if that's not good enough, then there's a consequence of the outcome not operating or, or not happening. So if they don't clean the room, brush the teeth, do the thing, do the thing, there's some sort of consequence. It doesn't mean that you're mean to them. It doesn't mean that anything's really bad. It just means we got to be creative. And that's what we help a lot of our parents with. What's a good consequence of those things? Then the third is, is there a control? This is kind of a separate thing. Is there a control issue? Is there a control issue? And in all these, all these, we want to make sure that we're consistent. So one thing that's very difficult for us as parents to have happen is, is that we are consistent about what we do in terms of consequences. And it's hard, you know, we got so many things happening. We got so many things going on in our life. And if I just told you, you got to do something 27 times if there's a control issue. Well, sometimes you have to have the consequence enacted 27 times that if they're not brushing their teeth, if they're not doing the thing they need to do, we've got to be consistent about the consequence or consistent about reminding them 27 times or more times until they can kind of do it on their own. Now we call doing it on their own in karate self-discipline at karate built martial arts. And we've talked about that kind of as a separate podcast. That's kind of the, that's the big outcome we want is self-discipline. So they do it on their own without anybody telling them. That's our, that's our big goal for all these things is they, they listen the first time, that's self-discipline. That's exactly the same thing. So for us to do that, guess what? Consistency. Consistency. Is the same exact thing as self-discipline. It's the same thing being consistent. 
self, that's the self-discipline. I'm being consistent for myself is self-discipline. So, so we have to be, unfortunately, because it's, it's not easy, be very consistent and very much have the same rules. So we've covered a lot of things today. These benefits, these outcomes, and the other rule that I would tell you is less talk, less emotion when it does come, come emotional. I'm not telling you not to be emotional with your family. Uh, definitely use emotions with your kids. It's okay to be upset sometimes. There's, that, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it, there's nothing wrong with, uh, we, we definitely want you to have all the positive emotions you can possibly have. We want you to have all the caring, love, positive emotions. And if you're upset, it's okay to be upset. When things escalate, though, and people are having problems with these types of issues, it won't, it doesn't help you to escalate emotions. It helps you to, you to choose to have less talking and less emotions and be focused on what the outcomes are going to be. And that's how you'll get to the, the consistent self-discipline that we want. What other stuff did you want to add on to this, Master Sam? I was curious about how detrimental is it to pick your battles? If all right, the room cleaning thing. Um, what if I hit that point where I just don't care anymore about cleaning the room? I fought and I fought and I've tried maybe not 27 times. Maybe I hit 23 and I'm just exhausted by it. If Do I lose consistency if I just decide that maybe the room cleaning thing is not that important? Well, there's a couple pieces to that. I think it's really important to decide. I mean, Thomas Phelan in his book talked a lot about um, parents deciding for the room cleaning was an example he used, deciding whether the room really does need to be clean. Sometimes as parents, we decide I'm a bad parent if my kid has a messy room and that, that you know, there, you mentioned that your daughter hoarded candy and left it in the candy and you're really actually having a reason for the room to be clean because you need to get all the the mess like the literal food off of the ground so ants didn't crawl in there and there was there was a legitimate reason for the room to get clean but let's say let's say your kid just left clothes around and it was messy for with clothes would there be a reason to clean the room and the we got to make a decision as parents whether that's something that's important or not um uh, and i think I think that's a decision you have to make as a parent. Um, if, if, it, uh, if it's important to you, if it's something that you need to, to go to battle on or, or not. And I think we have the same thing as you mentioned with relationships, you know, with your family, your spouse, your, your other, your partners, is that something that's important or do you want to leave it? Now, for some people listening, they're going to be, well, of course, I need my kid to learn how to, how to clean their room. Well, I know a lot of adults who don't keep their place very messy, um, I was at somebody's house the other day and uh, it was, it was really, really messy. Um, this is an adult uh, with no kids uh, and their house was super messy. Uh, so, and they were successful people. So you've got to decide which or, and what things are going to be important. Same with like eating vegetables or eating uh, certain foods. Is that going to is that going to be one that's going to be a high priority skill for you or not? And what, what I would say is a couple things to consider. If you had to outline, uh, you know, prioritize one, two, three, four, and so on, you know, to infinity, all the things you want to have for your kid. What's the most important thing for them to do? And the second most important and on get these, get, get number one taken care of first and then get number two. It's very consistent with what we just talked about. If cleaning the room is number eight and you're still getting them to make sure they, let's say, um, get their grades in school, right? Or brush their teeth or whichever one's the most important, you know, is brushing their teeth more important than cleaning the room? Probably because you don't want them to have cavities and that would have a longer term effect. Or maybe, uh, you know, making sure they, they leave on time for school because that causes you a lot of hassle um, if you have, to, you have to wake up early and, and, and give them some, uh, you know, spend a lot of extra time in, in your life getting them up early. So what's the most important thing? This would be the one I would get first. 
But I think parents sometimes go, well, I got to get all these. And now two things happen. One is it's a lot of work for you as a parent trying to keep it all straight. But number two is imagine you were the kid and you're getting, you know, 25 messages about what you're trying to do right. How would you feel if somebody was if somebody at work was trying to teach you 25 different things? And there's all these things they're trying to teach you and tell you to do right. How would you feel? Like all, all these things you're not doing right. How would, how would discouraged. You, you get discouraged really fast? Yeah, you get and discouraged and you probably not. Yeah. And you probably not learn any of it really well. You probably not learn any of it very consistently. So we, we need to get a handle on what's the most important thing. And I think when people go, well, all of it's really important. Okay. Well then, you know, I mean, you get, you're going to be struggling with all of it then at the same time, because it's a lot of information, a lot of stuff. Well, it's not that much information. You know, sometimes you get circular arguments about that. When you said pick the battles, I think this is the battle you pick. It doesn't mean you don't, it doesn't mean you don't come back to number eight, which is cleaning the room. But if you get number one fixed, which might be brushing the teeth consistently, they do it in the morning and night or whenever you're going to have them do it. And they're doing it adequately. Just the act of doing this right is going to help you with the, the big skill of following the directions to consistently do stuff so that when you come back to doing the cleaning the room thing, you're going to be better at it. If that makes sense. What I think yeah. the error is, if I, don't, if I don't fight the battle of cleaning the room, they're going to learn that it's okay to be sloppy and they're going to learn that I'm not in control and they're going to learn that there's an issue. And I'm also a bad parent because I let them do that for a while. Whatever. I mean, they might learn that. They might, we might think they're learning it for a couple months, but we're getting this one kicked off and then we're going to get number two kicked off and we're going to make sure that's right. And then we're going to get number three. And once we do that, it's going to be able to easier to maintain those. And then we get number four and then we get number five. And I bet you for most parents, you can figure out what number one and two is that you really want to make sure happens. And for those of the, the those parents that are martial arts students, if you think about what we do, we're building the self-discipline skills by the repetition of consistently following directions, consistently doing stuff on a regular basis. And those are those, those big skills so that they get used to following and doing stuff on a really consistent, regular basis. And that's not promoting what we do in martial arts. It's just, that's the big skill. If you, then if you, you do the same thing as a parent and get them to do brushing the teeth or whatever that skill is, then they're going to be better at the, the follow-up skills. So does that make sense in terms of picking your battles? I think yeah. you pick the first battle and then you pick the other battles. I doubt at the time you were doing that with your child, the room was the most important one. Maybe it was. If it was, yeah. But if you could have only focused on the one or two most important ones, gotten those really nailed, my guess is the other one could have been nailed more easily. Right. And, and not tied them together. So the error I think you and I were talking about was you tied the cleaning the room to go into the park. Right. And, and, and that got it got wigged out because it was disconnected. Those weren't, those weren't related. So because they're not related, it, it was like, you're trying to fight. You're trying to like motivate her with one thing, but it was with the wrong thing. And so those never worked. And then you couldn't really get, so now you're trying to do that plus have a consequence plus other stuff. And it was like all kind of, it, it confuses people. It's like trying to make, get me to, um, it's like trying to get me to lose weight by rewarding me with ice cream. Well, I like ice cream and I, you know, might want to exercise, but they're in fact, counterproductive things. Yes. You know, so if you think about that example, it makes, I think more sense. Okay. Anything else to cover? Uh, no, that looks that clears actually up quite a few things for getting kids to do 
what we want is first define what we want. Well, that's right. And that's the make sure we have the right outcomes in line. What's the most important thing? And for everybody listening to the podcast, figure out what the one most important thing is first, then start using these rules to follow it. Most of the time, there's going to be a benefit or consequence that you got to figure out. Use less talk and less emotion for, uh, to determine what you're going to to help them through it until they get it down. Once they get it down, then you go on to the next one. And just be watching out for that control issue. If there's a control issue, that you'll figure that out because benefits and consequences didn't work. You'll know because it didn't work. And if right. that's the case, then you then you know to take the other a- actions. It's kind of the same action. You just monitor them, but then you're not really worried about consequences. You're just worried about making them do it. You gotta you gotta get them to do it either way. There, there's and and I hate to say it this way, but you it's. It's not, uh, it's not about motivation at that point. It's just about making sure they're compliant. They have to comply with the rules because it's the way it is. And that's making sure we know who's in control. You are because you're the parent. It's got to, that's the relationship's got to be clear. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's how it is. And they're going to be happier if that's the way it's clear, that, that clarity is there. They're going to be happier. Make sure that's clear. There's nothing wrong with that because they will be happier if the relationship as you as the parent and them as a child is clear. If they think it's a col- it's a collaborative relationship, they will be less happy because they won't be sure who's in charge. They won't be sure what the status of the family is. And that will cause them problems later when they're adults. And we don't have time to go into those kind of things, but there's a lot of attachment issues there if it's not really clear who the parent and the child is. Does that make sense? Okay, guys. Well, thank you so much for being here. And Master Samworth, thank you so much for the good questions and the discussion about it. Um, unless there's anything else we can, uh, we can kind of wrap up today, unless you had something to add. No, just wish I could go back in time and have it like 20 years ago when my kids were little. Well, it's okay. I, I wish I could do that too. You know, we discover all these things at, as we, uh, as we learn and we get the advantage of working with hundreds and hundreds of kids all the time. So we get to, uh, uh, we get to have the benefit of hindsight uh, and not not foresight to go back in time. And d- don't worry, you know, we probably screwed up too. It's just that we get to be good at helping other people, not not make the mistakes that we did. So that's everybody else is listening to get, this gets to have the benefit of of our help. So yes, that's what we can help them with moving forward. Um, all right. Well, we'll see everybody later, and we'll see you next time. All right. Thank you, sir. Bye, guys. Bye.